Hi, I'm Dr. Mark Kovacs, the Executive Director of the International Tennis Performance Association and CEO of the Kovacs Institute, and you're listening to the PTM Podcast. Hi, and welcome to episode 31 of the PTM Podcast, powered by Racket Sports U. I'm your host, Chris Michalowski, a PTMer known as Coach Mick, broadcasting right here from warm and sunny Orlando, Florida. Well, are there parts of tennis that you are more passionate about than others? Well, for me, I can definitely say yes. And today, Dr. Mark Kovacs is going to help you come up with a plan on what you may want to do with that passion. But first, let me tell you a quick story. It's story time with Coach Mick. Well, when I was in college, I was transferring from the University of Cincinnati to Fair State University to be in their new professional tennis management program. So I came back and went to a community college in our area for one semester. Well, mental toughness was a big part of my game, and I actually got a mild form of mono after the season ended. So I was just laying there one day, and I was watching Dr. Jim Lair's videos on the 12 steps to better mental toughness. And I wrote up the whole video, I remember this, in pencil on a clipboard. Since mental toughness helped me out so much, I decided to specialize in that and run my own workshops at the resort for my junior and adult players. And in today's interview with Dr. Mark Kovacs, he'll discuss why he feels it's important to find some areas that you can specialize in. So let's listen in and see what Dr. Kovacs has to say. And now today's special guest on the PTM podcast. Well, I'd like to welcome back Dr. Mark Kovacs to the PTM podcast. Mark, thanks for coming back. Thanks, Mick. Excited to be here. Now, just a little bit about Mark. He's the executive director of the International Tennis Performance Association. He's also the CEO of the Kovacs Institute, and he formerly oversaw the coaching education and sports science departments for the USTA and was the director of the Gatorade Sports Science Institute. And my favorite author, because he finally wrote the book I was looking for called Tennis Anatomy, Your Illustrated Guide for Teaching Strength, Speed, Power, and Agility. Mark, thanks for coming back to the podcast. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. All right, so today we're going to talk about becoming specialized in an area that you are truly passionate about. We all know that we do better in areas that we love. So one, you have to determine what that is. You have to understand in the tennis world, where's the area that you spend most of your time reading about, researching, following online? That'll give you a sense of where your passion lies. Once you determine that, then you want to become the best you can possibly be in that area. That's not saying you give up these other areas that are part of your job descriptions. Everyone's got a percentage of their day where they're having to do things that they may not be super passionate about. But you want to be known in your local area, in your state, even nationally, about a certain area. It may be the way you design drills for 10 and under players. It may be how you teach the forehand. It may be you know, certain things about club management. Whatever it is, you want to develop that skill set where you can really feel confident that you're one of the best in your area in that specific, it could even be a very narrow area, but you want to develop a skill set where there is a specialized aspect of what you do. So if my passion is to work with high performance players, but I go to this club and the director or uh, the head pro has been working a lot with some of the junior development players or the 10 and under players. What do I do? Do I do I still try to focus on high performance and get really good at that even though I'm not involved? Or should I focus on what I'm doing right now and be really good at what I'm doing right now? Great point. So there's a couple aspects to that. One is all players can be trained in a high performance mindset and a high performance method. High performance is just, hey, we want to get you better faster. It's not necessarily teaching them different. It's still tennis. And the better you make players, the more fun they have. So it's really, really important to keep that in mind. 
understanding that there may be motivational factors in some of these players, there may be other reasons why they're there, doesn't mean you can't still develop your skills. You can run similar drills, you can run similar programming, but your language may be a bit different, how you approach those athletes may be a little bit different, so you can still develop your skills. However, you probably still are going to need some more seasoning, maybe even outside your normal working hours, whether it's online education, whether it's um, spending one evening a week at a different location where they are truly training high performance players and you either volunteer your time or try to get a a part-time job where you can do something that doesn't compete with the club you're at. So you can try to develop that skill set because you do need to develop the experience in the area that you've truly want to work in in the future. And then the question is, is that the right location for you? If your main job is working with a group or a subset of players that you're truly not passionate about, yet you would love to be working in a different environment, then you've got to find ways to bump up the resume, network, develop the opportunity to go somewhere where you are likely to work with the players you want to work with. Yeah, because when I was teaching, I I started hiring some head pros, so I was not the head pro anymore. I was a director, and the head pro took over the high-performance program, and I realized, man, I'm missing teaching the high-performance kids. But, so what did I do? I came up with the 10 and under high-performance program and tried to find these little all-stars and try to work on the same things. I think this is what you're talking about, that they might be working on in there, but watering it down a bit. You know, sometimes when I look at player development here, I'm like, wow. This is incredible, but I don't see me doing that at my club. But if you can water stuff down and really get the fundamentals down, now when you take it to the next level or you go to the next level, I would think that's going to be very helpful. 100%, because you know, tennis is very similar at every level of the game when you're teaching. What changes is the intensity, what changes is the volume, and what changes is how you provide your feedback based on the motivation levels and the personality types of your players. You know, you can develop a lot of great skill sets working with just about every level of tennis player. Now, they say the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and sometimes that can be really annoying. But uh, do you think it would be good for someone who aspires to be at that level to talk to whoever's running that class and say, hey, anyway, and get involved in this, what can I do? They could even be a mentor. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff off the top of my head here. But what suggestions do you have if I feel like I'm at a club where I'm not where I want to be, but I know I want to be at this level up here? How do I let that person know I am fired up and passionate about what they do? It's by actions. So if there is a high performance program at your club, but you're not involved with it yet, volunteer, spend time there, go to whoever's teaching that and try to be their understudy, learn from them, do everything you possibly can to show the passion. They're going to want to have you involved if they see that you're passionate, excited, even if you don't have the knowledge base yet. Just being there and learning around that person is one way. If the club doesn't have that type of program yet, try to start a very small version of it. You know, Do it in a way where you give back the majority of the initial funds to the club so that the people above you are excited about you doing this because they're making more money off you. And then over time, work it into the deal where if we build this, I get a higher percentage per new person that comes in. And that's a merit-based system. If you do a great job with developing the program, they're going to, of course, encourage it because it's profitable, it's valuable, it builds community. There's a lot of great reasons of how you can do that within your current situation. So it's just like periodization. Hey, I want to peak here. So I'm going to do all these things prior to that. So I will peak here. 
some of the things you just mentioned right there. 100%. I mean, paying your dues is a statement that we use a lot in the worlds that I sort of developed through. So I worked in the strength and conditioning world outside of tennis, and they have a very long runway to become good. It's usually 10 to 15 years before you get one of the really good jobs. And that's normal. And the, and the people in the field understand it. It's a step-by-step process. Becoming a lawyer, for example, they have a 10 to 15-year timeline to become a partner in a law firm. Same type of process. Professor at a university, you have an assistant professor, associate professor, full professor pathway, and that's a 10-plus year pathway. So nearly all professions follow a similar model. So in tennis, we have to understand that to be great in the environment, it's going to take a similar timeline, but you've got to make sure you're doing the right things to develop the skills. Yeah, so be passionate and have that plan. Well, Dr. Kovacs, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Now, if people want to get a hold of you or learn more about what you do, what can they do? Yeah, they can reach me on the social platforms, uh, mkovacsphd, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or they can send me an email through our website at kovacsinstitute.com. Well, thanks so much for being on the program, Dr. Kovacs, and we look forward to you in the next episode, hopefully in the future of the PTM Podcast. Wonderful. Thanks, Mick. Wow. Well, Mark is always such a wealth of information. And one thing I really admire about him is how he projects himself when he's around someone who does not have the knowledge that he has, kind of like me. And even with me, I feel like he's truly passionate about teaching me and helping me understand things at my level. And he's very easy to talk to and not intimidating at all. So thanks a lot, Mark. So one suggestion from me, not a doctor in this, is if you're starting out, look at the 10 and under players or programs at your club. This group sometimes gets overlooked and it's crucial that you're developing skills with these players anyway at an early age. Well, bottom line, find an area of tennis on or off the court that you're passionate about. Come up with a plan on how you can educate yourself in that area at your club, locally, or even through online courses or workshops. Well, that wraps it up for episode 31 of the PTM Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Dr. Mark Kovacs. And remember, become a specialist by getting yourself involved in activities you are passionate about and have a plan. Well, are you interested in a career in tennis? Or do you know someone who is? Or maybe you want to start a PTM program in your own area. Either way, go to ptmprograms.com and RSU will get you started. And don't forget, there's a huge need for quality coaches and RSU wants to meet you right where you're at and help you reach your destination in the racket sports industry. And as always, if you know someone who may benefit from the podcast, please share it with them and thank you in advance for your support. Well, I'm Coach Mick, and I want to thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join me again for the next episode of the PTM Podcast.